This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Finally, a decision that shows some respect for taxpayers. But those taxpayers had to take to the streets before it happened. The CEO of Bombardje, a company that has missed delivery deadlines, laid off more than 14,000 workers this year while accepting a billion dollars in taxpayer bailouts, has agreed to defer, and that means postpone, not eliminate, $32.6 million in bonuses for four executives who received $11 million more than last year. This happened in Quebec. Late last week, here in Toronto, we saw the Sunshine List with Ontario Hydro execs topping the list, Hydro One, and uh, showing that they are paid way more than their counterparts in other jurisdictions. This while taxpayers struggle to pay their bills, thousands of people have been cut off, and uh, taxpayers also will have to pay for that taxpayer-funded relief promised by the Ontario government. Yikes. What do you think of all this? Uh, Is there good news in this? Because after all, Bombardier did change its mind, bowed to some pressure. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Christine Van Gyne, Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. So what do you make of this Bombardier decision? Well, of course, it's good news that they've decided to defer that um, those that, that salary increase. It's a 50% pay hike for these executives um, when, as we all know, the... Uh, the C series is two years late, two million, two billion over budget. They've taken over a billion dollars in in government bailouts, and and they're laying off employees. So, um, yeah, I don't think of fifty percent, and I think most taxpayers don't think a fifty percent um, salary increase is warranted. Um, of course, you know if if the company didn't rely on taxpayer money, they could pay their executives whatever they want. But the fact that they're taking so much money from the public and asking for more all the time uh, makes this pretty egregious. It's why there were about 200 people on the streets in Quebec protesting over the weekend. Uh, yeah, and the government apparently behind the scenes was trying to convince them to do this, but I guess in a gentle way. Uh, I mean, it, it to me, this boggles the mind. What planet are they on doing this? I mean, you always hear this mantra uh, we have to pay all this money to attract top talent, but uh, presumably it's the top talent that made them miss the deadlines, go over budget, lay off thousands of people, and take a taxpayer bailout. Yeah, I mean, what's the talent that we're talking about here, right? The talent to uh, jingle your tin cup at the taxpayers and, and beg for more money from the public? I mean, when they make the argument for uh, that they have to pay market rate for salaries, you know, I, I might buy that argument if Bombardier operated 
based on market principles in any other part of their business, but they don't. They constantly rely on uh, the taxpayer to bail them out, to give them more and more money, and then what do they do? They turn around and give a 50% increase to their executives in, in their pay when, when, they're, when they're delayed on their projects and over budget on their projects. It's, it's offensive. It's it's completely offensive. But, you know, uh, what I see is th- this seems to be the corporate culture. You know, if people are doing well for their shareholders or taxpayers, if taxpayers are involved, then I say, and creating jobs, I say, okay, let them make a lot of money, even though I think that the amount of money that, that executives make these days is really out of whack. Um but, I mean, what is up with this? You know, again, what are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's none of the public's business if it's not a company that relies on public money. If they were a private, completely private and profitable company, I mean, they could pay their executives whatever they want. They, could, they would have to answer the shareholders for it. But, I mean, the government would have no business saying uh, it's too much or too little or, or anything about it. It's none of, none of our business. And we should encourage companies to be successful and profitable and, uh, and, and attract top talent. Uh, but that's not what's happening with Bombardier. It's, it's, a con- it's a constant story. It's the same thing every year of them asking for, for money from the public. And um, when, when they're laying off up to, I think it's 7,000 jobs they're looking to cut, uh, you know, when, when they're asking for money from the public and cutting jobs uh, and then paying their, their executives a, a 50% increase, like, I don't know what they're thinking, but at least they've deferred that payment until 2020 and based part of that payment on, uh, on performance, which, you know, based on their track record, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, for, for better outcomes for the company. But based on $2 billion over budget and two years late, it's not looking good. Do you see a sort of corporate welfare culture? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is a company that that wouldn't have would no longer exist if it weren't for. But I mean, welfare. more generally, out there. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, Ontario has a big problem with this as well. It's not just Quebec, um, the, and and it's it's in large part a culture that's purpose. Um, perpetrated by the government. The government wants to encourage companies to rely on the government for these grants and loans and things like that. Um, we should, instead of subsidizing companies, we should be creating a business-friendly environment so it's easier for companies to operate profitably in Ontario and, and, and across Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I see it in the for-profit sector also. I mean, just... Uh again the the entitlement that some executives expect and the performance they hand in in return i mean you know whether you're talking about a sh- even if you're talking about a shareholder as opposed to a taxpayer i mean it just seems egregious do do you think that this particular decision to roll it back or defer it do you think that uh, this will create some kind of precedent um, I, I would hope it would, but it, it doesn't seem like it's going to. I mean, really what we need is the government to stop handing out money to companies like this. Um, and in Ontario, there's a lot of greasy stuff going on. If you see some of the quid pro quo of who donated to um, the Ontario Liberal Party and then who received large government contracts, uh, there's a lot of a lot of really uh, terrible stuff going on there. So until the government 
uh, stops handing this money out, I don't think we can expect companies to stop asking for it. Okay, let's go to the sunshine list that came out late last week, and uh, the hydro compensation was particularly noted. And so we have thousands of ratepayers being cut off. We have people really struggling, and yet we find these guys are being paid uh, way out of whack compared to other jurisdictions. Yeah, so Hydro One's not on the list anymore. Two years ago, they were yeah. taken off and when, when the government uh, started the sell-off of Hydro One. But the, the head of uh, Ontario Power Generation yes. is, is on the list, and he tops the list at $1.16 million. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it really gets under people's skin, of course, when there's a lot of people having their power cut off, when they're struggling to keep the lights on, and you see the guys who are running this whole show are making so much money. Um, and keep in mind that the, the average weekly earnings for someone in Ontario is $963. So that's about $50,000 a year. So when the guys who are are making it unaffordable for those people to turn their lights on, uh, when they're making a million dollars a year or more, it really, it really is troubling. Uh, yeah, and um, again, uh, you know... Do you think that the level of public anger over this will, you know, bring some kind of change? Um, yeah, I mean, people people are pretty angry about hydro in this province. Um, the problem is the change, it, and, and it has led to changes by the government. The problem is the changes that when government has brought in about hydro are mostly related to uh, political perception and they're less about solving an underlying problem with the um, electricity market in the province that in large part the disruption in the market has been caused by the government intervening. And so we see them intervening more now um, and that's not really the right way to go. That's not going to solve the problem and down the road it's going to make things a lot worse. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, the government is locked into these long-term contracts, and uh, we've already seen what happens when you try to rip up a contract. Yeah, I mean, they're locked into 20-year contracts for some of these renewables, and now they're saying they're going to pay for the 20-year contracts over 30 years. Um, and this is, you know, like, this is real equipment, right? It's not just a contract, it's not just a piece of paper. Like, we're talking about generation equipment that lasts about 20 years, and it actually becomes less efficient the closer it gets to the 20-year mark. So we're going to be paying for 30 years for equipment that has probably stopped working or we're going to be investing in outdated equipment to repair it um, to continue to produce inefficient Well, who's to say we won't end up paying for the old equipment and new equipment at the same time? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, the government is also, at the same time, they're issuing yeah. more um, more contracts for renewal, renewables. So... Uh, we are going to be buying more more generation when we don't need it when we export electricity at a loss. Uh, so it's it's a lot of stuff that the anger, you know, the anger over hydro is getting traction politically. Politicians are finally listening. The thing is, they're only doing things that are aimed at saving their own political skin, not at solving a problem they've created. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of calls, Christine. We've got Stephen in Toronto. Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you doing today? Fine. How are you? All right. Uh, maybe I'm showing my age, but I'm wondering what the late David Lewis would be thinking about uh, corporate welfare bums. Uh, presumably, he wouldn't. He w- he wouldn't uh, uh, be in favor of that. We hope. <laughs> I, I just wonder. What, you know, we talk about mandatory drug testing, 
or people doing insignificant jobs. Why did we not talk about it for CEOs? But what are they smoking? What are they taking that they think they're entitled to this and can just keep on doing this to the people? What are you, um, you know, I sense your your anger there. Uh, Are you going to do anything about this when it comes to a ballot or anything like that, Stephen? I do. You know, I I certainly don't vote for the party that uh, supports these uh, people. You know that you you have to say, you know, why you know this, this idea of this trickle down effect that came out with Reagan, you know that even Bush at that time called voodoo politics. Why are you not giving more money to the poor so that they can spend it? They'll spend it locally. Create demand, create jobs, and the rich, they're quite well off. We don't need to support them anymore. Okay, Stephen, thanks for your call. Okay. Uh, Christine, uh, as uh, the Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, are you, are you planning to do anything to harness this taxpayer anger? Yeah, so we're running a, a campaign across Ontario. It is called uh, stophighenergybills.ca. So you can visit our website, um, we're signing. We're, we're doing a big petition that we want to deliver to the government um, at a press event, and we're also launching billboards across the uh, across the province. We've put them in uh, Barrie, Midland, Kingston, Burlington, uh, and Toronto. Um, we're working on a few other locations. So we're aimed at, at engaging the public and getting the public to engage with their politicians. So sort of, um, and, and we've done a bunch of rallies across the province as well. So sort of, we encourage stuff like what we saw in uh, in Quebec, where about 200 people took to the streets about this Bombardier, um, this Bombardier fiasco, and you know that that led to change. Yeah, I think that it had a lot to do with the fact that there were 200 people in the streets in front of the company. The, um, the only thing, at them. the only thing I would say. So first of all, in in Quebec, it's a different culture. And I think uh, people might be um, more inclined to protest and to be involved with this. Also, uh, they there would be a lot of people there who've lost their jobs or are worried about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, I, I think probably the number one issue in uh, in Ontario is the, is the hydro issue. Yeah. So, I mean, there are rallies, regular rallies hosted by different organizations. Yeah, um, including CARP, by the way. Pardon me? Including CARP has a campaign about hydro as well. Um, I think think almost everybody is is upset about this issue from across the political spectrum. Okay, let's uh, hear from Frank in Brentford. Hi, Frank. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead. I can just barely hear you. But what I want to say is that uh, I want to know where our, our leader is. They gave them the $325 million. They could have come out and said... You cut back or you don't get the loan. These people, when they get up there in that position, they're also arrogant that they don't care about us people. They don't care. And I applaud the people in Quebec for doing what they did. And I think Ontarians down here should take a good look at that and start protesting a little more about the hydroways. Gapping and talking to these people isn't going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You've got to start doing the protest. Yep. And I do applaud them, applaud them. But I just want to know what Trudeau is. I know he was in... At the awards the other night, I guess just uh, flamboyant around the country, but stay home and phone Bardier and say, cut them back or your loan is cut off. That's all he would have to say. Well, uh, the Quebec government, uh, which gave them even more money, uh, was apparently negotiating with them, whether it was that hardball or uh, they tried to get them on side, uh, we are not quite sure. 
but mm-hmm. there there was there definitely was contact between the Quebec government and uh, Bombardier there. Uh, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Okay, I think we have time for one more before we take a break. Uh, hi, Nick. Nick in Oakville. Hi there. Um, you know, they always use this argument that they need to spend the money to attract the you know the right people for these positions, but it doesn't seem to be working, and they've used that argument for years. Why don't we make the top positions of these government agencies voluntary? You mean what do you mean voluntary volunteer jobs? I mean like let's say the people who run the company are are retired people, then we just give them enough for uh, expenses, and they can run it and see see how they do because these people that we're giving millions of dollars to don't seem to be doing a very good job. I would agree with that. Uh, and one other comment, a quick one. Uh, remember years ago when Hydra went on strike and they said, oh, there's going to be brownouts and blackouts, there's going to be chaos because Hydra went on, the guys went on strike? And what happened? Nothing happened because there's a supervisor for every four guys. So, and they took over their jobs. So that tells me that there's too many people working at Hydro, you know. And I bet you all of them are on the sunshine list because they all make over 60 bucks an hour. They, they, they definitely do well. Nick, thanks for your call. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Christine, that's all the time we have for this topic. What would you like to leave us with? Um, I just would agree with your last caller that probably the, the big bulk of the sunshine list is made up of, of sort of uh, middle managers and lower skilled, skilled workers. And that, that is the real value in the sunshine list is seeing just how many of those people are actually earning um, six figures. Okay. Christine Van Gein from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.